The great outdoors is a place of enjoyment, peace, and solitude. But at times, the outdoors experience goes dark. Increasingly, outdoors lovers are encountering criminal elements, psychos, dangerous wildlife, and strange weather occurrences. Our goal is to raise awareness by equipping you with cutting-edge information and to shine light into the dark outdoors. Welcome to Dark Outdoors. This is Chester Moore. I've been wanting to do a program on the Sam Houston National Forest, its missing people, its murders, its mayhem, since I first conceptualized this idea about four years ago. And I've talked about the topic on my radio program and, you know, skirted around it a little bit. But in terms of this Dark Outdoors podcast, I wanted to be able to have a definitive program to begin research into the Sam Houston National Forest area on a longer term basis. And this is the program. The links have finally come together. And I have what I believe is some shocking information that's out there publicly but hasn't been put together until now about the Sam Houston National Forest. It's missing people. A serial killer. Not even a rumored serial killer. A convicted, recently convicted serial killer who literally lived across the street from the Sam Houston National Forest and more on this week's episode of Dark Outdoors. I first learned of the missing people in the Sam Houston National Forest while conducting some research on a broader area of East Texas of missing people. And I came across Jerry Dean's Missing Texas 40. Um, Jerry, who the last time I spoke with was dealing with an illness, um, has Missing Persons of America and does great work connecting people with their lost loved ones. They've actually found some people because of their websites and um, the Missing Texas 40 came out of that and it was 40 people on the corridor of the Sam Houston National Forest and some in the forest itself. Just before the pandemic and during the pandemic, I had Jerry on both my More Outdoors and Higher Calling Wildlife radio programs. This is an excerpt from the Higher Calling Wildlife show I did with her to give you an idea about the missing Texas 40 in the Sam Houston National Forest area. And I had you on my radio show, More Outdoors on News Talk 560 KLVI, about the missing yeah. Texas 40. And we had a great response to that. And so our podcast audience is a little bit different here. Can you explain exactly what the missing Texas 40 is? That's a pretty intriguing title. Yes, it, missing Texas 40 is it, right now. It's over 40, but at the time when I first started doing the research on this, I realized that there were a lot of people missing from a specific county in Texas and also in the county next door. So we have Montgomery County and Liberty County, Texas. And I began doing the research, and the numbers kept growing and growing and growing until I reached 40, and that's where the name came, Missing Texas 40. Well, you know, Montgomery County, Texas, uh, it's got a fair population, but for the most part, it's rural. I mean, it's very forested. And then Liberty County is extremely forested and very little population. And uh, from the number of missing people that are that are there over a time span, it seems like that there is a lot of stuff going on out there that is probably uh, flying a little bit under the radar. Now, what I find interesting about you is... Um, you're from California, right? Yeah, so, I am. So how did you find out about these missing people here in Texas? 
Well, it started out with I when I realized there was a couple of people missing from one specific. Uh, actually, it was Cleveland, Texas. They were missing from, and then I heard from the brother of the missing man. And then later he told me there was another missing man, and then we found another one, and that's how it all began. And I, I was intrigued by this, and I started doing the research. And it took a lot of research because it's not in one specific place. But I went to the police reports, I went through Google, and I went news medias, and started gathering more and more. And then I thought what was interesting was my son at the time was looking at this map that I was filling in. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you know what, there's a gap right there. You ought to check over that area. And I would go check that specific town and area, county, I mean, our area. And sure enough, there would pop up another missing per- person. Is that a lot of this has to do with something that a lot of hunters, fishermen, hikers, wildlife photographers, birders use and that is a national forest. A lot of that area, that Bermuda Triangle, like you're talking about, is kind of based in and around the Sam Houston National Forest. Yes. And yes, uh, you're right. And what's interesting about so there are there are like I think there's four national forests in Texas. There's a Sam Houston, Davy Crockett, Sabine, and Angelina, and I've been in all of them. And um, this one is more probably one of the more used ones because it's the only one really close to a major metropolitan area. So it's pretty close to Houston. So you get a lot of people that will come in and out of there. So there's kind of a lot of a lot of people that use this national forest. And obviously there's some things going on out there that are in and around that that are kind of nefarious. And you can just go to Google and type Sam Houston National Forest body. And there are numerous bodies that have been found. One that really, well, yeah, it's uh, the the ones in the beginning uh, re- intrigued me because they were they knew each other and they went missing two years from each other. That one really intrigued me. And then there's a but there's it was a little bit later on with the more research that popped up a few years later, and it was over in like you mentioned over by the Sam Houston mm-hmm. National Park. They, they found his car, and they still haven't found him. And they knew, know he went in there, but they haven't been able to find him or locate him. And when I tried to get more information about this case and talk to the family, it, it was like they something was being covered up. It was really, really strange. I, I never could get much more information. They said, oh, yeah, he went missing in the forest. But then you, later on, you, you talk to him and said, well, we're not sure if he was there or not. You know, that's interesting because you think of a lot of these missing cases of uh, would be resolved by now. Because these go back, what, into the late 1990s? Uh, yeah, late late 1989, yeah, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, you're right on, yeah. Yeah, so you would think some of these have been resolved. And have any of them been resolved of the, of the original ones that you looked at? Yeah, there has been some. There was one young man that uh, was that came from uh, Europe and... He went missing over uh, in Montgomery County, and he popped up. And there was another one that popped up, but that's but that's about it. Most of these, uh, I went back and refined my list last year, and you can see it comes out to forty-seven people, and it just hasn't changed. They yeah. just they go walking out the door, and they're never seen again. Yeah, and obviously with that many people in uh, an area like this, I mean, obviously there's something bizarre going on. But if you look at the demographics, I mean, there's seems to be a lot of males. There's also females. There's younger people. There's older people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you, and you think just as someone as a journalist, I think, well, you know, Houston is, which is nearby, is the human trafficking capital of America. 
I mean, could that be an element of this? Could there be uh, things with some of the uh, you know drug dealings going on? And then you got You have to ask yourself because of the history, the unusual nature of this. You mentioned people that were connected. Uh, is there a possibility of a serial killer operating in this area? Kind of went over that whole uh, idea. Like you said, I've got my gang serial killer, and I never came to a conclusion. I did a a uh, small video uh, two years ago when I went up there and went to talk to family members. Mm-hmm. And I had the same question. I go, is this a serial killer? Is And one thing I did notice that there was gang activity over there. I did the research because I saw some tagging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the tagging came back to a particular group. But that doesn't mean they have anything to do with anybody missing. And also, too, if it was a, a serial killer, I suppose it could be, but he sure has a lot of variety. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to a specific type of person at all. And one of the things I saw online was, the, and I've got to I have to ask about this, was a body found, I think it's just across the border in San Jacinto County, right close to there, in a barrel on some property. Do you know anything about oh. that one? Yes, I know. Uh, I did a I did a lot of research on that one. Yeah, I yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. So what what happened there? I mean, that's that's pretty close proximity to all this, and uh, you know, you hear body and barrel, it gets a little freaky. Oh yes, it does. And I I it was so close to Montgomery Liberty. That's why I got my attention. Sure. And I thought, you know what? Let me take and do some research on it. And when I was doing the research on it. I found out that the man that was arrested, him and his brother, were arrested back in the 70s for murder. What? Yep. And I was like flabbergasted when I found this out. And I had to double, triple, quadruple check because I thought, how can this guy be out if sure. he was arrested for murder? Yeah, back I was going to the ask. 70s? They had to be pretty yeah. young back then, right? He was. And that was part of it. His brother was over 18, but he was under 18. And not only did they murder, they were actually doing some horrible, oh, it was worse than that. It was, wow. it was, I have to, I have to bring it up here because I wasn't ready for you, but they ended up killing uh, two people. And he, the one brother got off and, uh, well, he went to uh, juvenile hall. So he went to juvie and, back then and yeah. didn't, didn't face the adult uh, penalty phase thing, Right. Right. And he was, he was, uh, eventually he got out and I, uh, but the, uh, older brother, he got out eventually too. So he goes and he kills two people. We're going to jump into our missing in the wild segment and then come back. And I'm going to tell you the identity of the person in the barrel and also how this all ties into a convicted serial killer living literally across the street from the Sam Houston National Forest. In increasing numbers, people across North America are going missing in the wild. Dark Outdoors is committed to shining light on this topic and raising awareness when public interest in these cases fades away. This segment starts off on a very sad note. In the last episode, we spoke of Vincent Baratti, who went missing on May 19th in his North Texas home. His body has been found in the Davy Crockett National Forest in Houston County. Our prayers are sent to his family. In late April, Gordon Kay went missing in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park 
and he's a 68-year-old man. He was last seen near a backcountry campsite in the Deep Creek area of the park near Bryson City. Um, this is a really alarming situation because he's been missing for uh, over a month now. And, uh, you know, usually when people are missing that long, it isn't good. He could still, of course, be alive. Um, no telling what happened, but the families need to have some kind of information. And the National Park Service, the number of search and rescue crews, at one point went up to 120 people from 29 agencies. And so far, they haven't found him yet. So he's 69 years old. He's 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighs a little over 200 pounds. If you have any information, call the Great Smoky Mountain National Park Dispatch at 865-436-1230. That's 865-436-1230. Or the Swain County Dispatch at 828-488-2196. That's 828-488-2196. By now, you're probably wanting to know more about this serial killer situation. Well... There was a body found in a barrel in 2019 in San Jacinto County, literally across the street from the Sam Houston National Forest. And Jerry Dean and I had spoken about this before the interview. I had saw the story, asked her about it. She gave her opinions on it, but there was no conviction yet. Well, now we know for a fact, Jack Wayne Gonzalez just accepted a plea deal for his involvement in this situation. But the really interesting one is the other, who's already accepted a plea deal kind of under the radar, Matthew David Greenwood. And this is a truly intriguing situation. A story at Blue Bonnet News says that Greenwood is no stranger to murder cases. He was previously sentenced in 1978 to 10 years in prison for murders in Harris County. Greenwood and his brother, William Thad Greenwood, were suspected of several murders in the Baytown area. What happened was he and his brother weren't convicted of the 1978 murder of Lucille DeBoard, who was 14 when she disappeared in Highlands, Texas. Her strangled body was found hidden under a stack of logs on William Greenwood's property. The two brothers abducted a second known victim, Diane Rose Hall, on May 22, 1978, while she was walking in the Highlands, Texas. She was the mother of five children, and like DeBoard, Hall was brutally raped and strangled. Her body was found near where DeBoard was dumped on Greenwood's property. Now, the story behind this was told me by Jerry Dean when we first did this interview and this first sort of surfaced about a body in a barrel um, that um, Greenwood was actually sentenced a very light sentence because he was under age at the time and he's 63 now so the math definitely lines up for that but i want you to think about this we now have a convicted serial killer who was found living across the street in his 60s with a body in a barrel on his quote compound there in san jacinto county it's considered a serial killer situation when you have someone who has killed three or more victims over time. And we have at least three victims we know of that Matthew David Greenwood was linked to. Now, when I played the archival interview of me and Jerry Dean, we spoke about how there was no particular pattern in these killings. You had women disappearing, younger women, older women. You had... 
men disappearing, older men, younger men. And this is exactly the situation with this Matthew David Greenwood. Uh, him and his brother kidnapped a mother of five, killed and raped her. Kidnapped a 14-year-old girl, killed her and raped her. And now Matthew David Greenwood took a plea deal because of killing a man in his 50s at his compound in San Jacinto County. Very interesting how this stuff lines up. I mean, we do know that all of these various situations that were covered in the Missing Texas 40 are very mysterious. Do I think this guy is a high likelihood suspect of some of the people that went missing in that area? You bet I do. Do I think it's, you know, something that we're going to know for sure? No. And we're not picking on this particular national forest, but there's been so much happening around it. And my theory is it is the largest forested area that is near the Houston metropolitan region. And you have towns like Conroe that are populated and things like that. A very easy area for someone who has evil intentions to go operate in, kill people, abduct people, um, dump bodies, and that kind of stuff. And we have proof of that with another scary, mind-boggling news story from the Sam Houston National Forest. This is a 2022 headline from Fox News Houston. Wanted Houston murder suspect Googled, quote, how to be a serial killer online before disappearing. I'm not going to try to pronounce this guy's name. He is a Nigerian man that has a very Nigerian name that a guy from Southeast Texas has a hard time pronouncing. Um, he literally went online and not only Googled how to be a serial killer before he killed Felicia Johnson 24, but he also did this search, quote, how to get away with murder. Can bleach destroy DNA? And here's the chilling part. The most forested part of Houston. Obviously, he got the Sam Houston National Forest. This is the kind of thing that Dark Outdoors unveils. We want you to be safe in all of your adventures in the wild. And there are so many things into this forest that are intriguing and mysterious. And we'll probably end up doing other programs on this. But... One of the things that really caught my attention when I first started going down this dark outdoors journey and I'd heard about the missing Texas 40 and different things like that, I was in an event and I was speaking at this event and I met a game warden. And when I meet game wardens or any kind of law enforcement officer, I always ask if I can maybe interview them for something involving uh, one of the radio programs. And, and now that I have dark outdoors for dark outdoors. And I said, hey, I'm starting to work on some stuff about dangers in the wild. Could I talk to you about this? And before I said anything else, the guy looks dead at me. This is a licensed game warden. Looked right at me and said, you mean like all the missing people around the Sam Houston National Forest? Wild stuff. Now, we're going to talk about how to defend yourself in the wild and come back with some more amazing stuff, including decapitation lines in the Sam Houston National Forest. Pray. Prepare and pack heat. It's time for some dark outdoors defense strategies and techniques. The greatest self-defense weapon that we all have is our mind. God created an incredible thing with the human brain and we have to use it in the wild and of course in all areas of life. In season one of Dark Outdoors we interviewed author Stephen Michaud with his work with Ted Bundy and he talked about how Bundy would fake injuries to get women to help him and then kill them. 
I want you to think about scenarios of being down hiking trails or along lakes like we're talking about in this program or, of course, in the backcountry. And someone says, hey, I need you to help me carry this or, hey, I'm injured. Can you help me here? Are they really injured? You need to use your brain to assess the situation. Think about it for a second. And if you feel like something's off or you observe something that doesn't look quite right, back off and say, hey, I'm going to go back and get you help. That is the best scenario, especially if you're a woman and, of course, if you're alone. But I also want you to think about this. We have to help people, but we have to use our judgment on what's going on. Don't always think you got to help right now at this second. Many times, the situation you need help with, if they really are in danger, are going to be things that you would need to go get help for anyway. Be especially cautious if it's a grown man. But also be cautious of women. We know that human traffickers often use young girls to entice other young girls, saying things like, hey, I need help, or these people are after me, can you take me in? So criminals are becoming very sophisticated, as this program talks about. So think about the situation. Even if you see a young woman, hey, I need help with this. Think about where you're at. Look around. Simply taking a look can sometimes reveal things. And say, hey, I can get help. Let me go back and do that. Or let me make a call and then back off. Because our goal here is for you to be able to go home to your family on every trip you take into the wild. Dark Outdoors Defense is brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine. Learn more at the award-winning website, fishgame.com. Sign up for the three times weekly fishing game report newsletter get caught up in all things fishing hunting wildlife conservation and wildlife policy texas fishing game the more i study the sam houston national forest situation the more I believe my theory is right that it's close proximity to a major metropolitan market and its uh, relative obscurity in terms of the public radar make it a perfect place for people wanting to do dark deeds. Uh, as a matter of fact, I came across a story on one of the Sam Houston National Forest uh, hiking groups on Facebook, and someone posted a picture of decapitation lines set on the hiking trails and mountain bike trails. Uh, It was really wild. It was specifically targeting, I believe, the mountain bikers. It was set right about the length you would pop someone's head off with those things. And someone saw this, and they got it on their GoPro. And after doing a little bit of research, it wasn't the first time that something like that had popped up. Now, the people in the forum sort of blamed bow hunters because it was in the archery-only season when I saw this and thought maybe someone bow hunting did not want you know, mountain bikers in there, spooking deer, whatever. But I don't know, man. I mean, there are some dark hunters, too. I mean, people are people. But it takes a pretty deranged person to go set something like a decapitation line on a bike trail. But these are some of the things that pop up in the Sam Houston National Forest. There is the case of the MS-13 gang member, you know, killing and mutilating someone there. There are numerous John and Jane Doe's, of course, the missing Texas 40. And we have established the fact that a serial killer was operating literally across the street and a guy who had a history of murder going back nearly 50 years. Really, really wild stuff. And 
I've said it for a while, and I mentioned this in the Phantom Killer podcast of season one. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to the Phantom Killer segment because it wasn't only just about the Phantom Killer and the Moonlight Murders in Texarkana that still remain unsolved. It was my theory that wilderness areas and parks and things close to cities are the most dangerous areas because people who live in these areas can operate and do their things under the cover of darkness and in isolation. I believe that is exactly what we have going on here in the Sam Houston National Forest. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine came across something very bizarre. I had heard about quite a bit of poaching that goes on there, and that makes perfect sense as well because I'm actually researching a, uh, a long-standing research project on poaching, and it seems to be that, once again, some of these areas closer to proximity with high-game populations and close to a city allows poaching units, especially if it's like a market poaching-type situation, to operate uh, a lot more effectively. And a friend of mine was actually deer hunting there, and this guy was a sniper in the Desert War, and he came out along a high line right away, hunting legally, and he sees a massive buck a couple hundred yards down toward a road where he does, it's a dirt road, he doesn't see anyone coming. He has a clean shot at this and he shoots. He shoots again and shoots again and nothing happens. And all of a sudden sirens turn on, people come out of the woods and it was one of those deer set up to attract poachers and set up during the day, right off kind of a main road along that area to try to get poachers most of the time these deer like that are set up like at night in areas but i thought that was very interesting but goes to show that law enforcement officials thought that the poaching situation was bad enough during deer season during the day which i thought was weird to set up a situation like that so there's lots of different kind of criminal elements involved in an area like this and we're not picking on the sam houston national forest we are talking about raising awareness to dangers and we find things in other areas we'll talk about them as well we talked about the lady bird lake area in austin episode one of dark outdoor season two with my good friend william ramsey of william ramsey investigates there seems to be a lot of things going on in the sam houston national forest and a lot of high strangeness and there actually seems to be quite a few stories of people having really mysterious law enforcement or military type encounters in this area that are not explained and uh, i'm going to leave you with this one an acquaintance of mine worked for let's just say a municipality in the area and they ran across a wild situation they were in a particular area and ran across one of the local government officials and they said while they were surveying their side of the bridge in walker county that they were descended upon by federal agents in full armor gear and guns drawn and were told they needed to leave the area. He explained who he was and they were still forced to leave. They then went to the ranger station to a meeting with an officer who also refused to meet with them and the station representative of this particular area came out and just simply did not want to talk. Obviously, some kind of a situation there had people who were involved at an obviously high level of governmental law enforcement in the area of the Sam Houston National Forest. And no one can explain this right now. So murder, mayhem, mystery, intrigue in the Sam Houston National Forest. Our goal here 
is not to glorify serial killers or, you know, not to try to scare the pants off of everyone, but to raise awareness to what's going on out there. If you've had a wild situation in the Sam Houston National Forest or have another dark outdoors encounter you would like to share to help maybe other people think about entering these areas with an open mind and think about safety, email me at chester at chestermore.com. Until then, be safe in the great outdoors. If you would like to share your dark outdoor story, email chester at chestermore.com. If you would like a PDF file of my personal survival tips, put survival in the subject line. Read my wildlife writings and follow my Higher Calling Wildlife and Higher Calling Gulf Coast podcast at highercalling.net. Remember, never enter the wild without prayer and preparation.